listeners to the Immersive Tribe. You tuned in with me, Leanne Collinson, and as always, Andy Nye. We are going to be talking today about virtual reality and augmented reality within the retail sector because everybody likes to shop, including me. So let's get down to it. Andy, can you say where we are in terms of AR and VR in today's market within the retail sector? Absolutely. This is a key subject that comes up a lot when I do talks. At the end, people go, I'm in retail. How is this relevant to me? And I think people have missed out on a couple of really key movements in augmented reality and virtual reality. Lego were the first to really embrace it, as far as I'm aware, going back quite some time. They allowed you to virtually unbox their products. And obviously, Lego, there's a lot of pieces. You want to know how complicated it is. They had a kiosk that allowed you to scan the boxes of their products and you would see all the models building up. You could see how complicated it was, how many pieces there were. And I think that was back in 2013. Now you can do that with your own device. You can just turn up with pretty much any current mobile phone and scan a box and that's the same functionality as possible. I think mainly people are using this for visualization. So in retail, the most important thing is to get your product seen and get people to understand your product. And augmented reality is just fantastic at that. Yeah, so things like um, IKEA would be great if you could visualise putting together flat pack furniture before you've actually bought it, because yes. sometimes it's a bit of a nightmare. Same with like model aeroplanes for that model community. If you do model trains, model aeroplanes, anything that you're putting pieces together would benefit from this or are benefiting Yes, they are right now. I think that's the two things. It's not enough to make a sale. You want to make an informed sale. So if people can see your product, they can see how it's put together, how they're going to have to put it together, particularly how big it is, how it's going to fit in their room, in their space, or how a particular item of clothing, for example, sunglasses, will look on them. They're not just buying, they're making a very informed decision, so they're less likely to return it. They're less likely to be bothering your customer support lines and things like that. So it's about transparency. It's about showing people really clearly what your product is, what it does, and what's expected of them as a consumer. Yeah, so we've seen this in packaging. Um, Where else have you seen it? Because immediately what comes into my mind is marketing. So as a retail um, consumer, you can actually see what you're buying. You can link pack... um, you can link paperwork to videos, which would, initially, you're informing someone again. Yes, yeah, you're allowing somebody to see something in a context that otherwise is hard to achieve. Mm. We've done quite a lot of work now for uh, architectural, um, and it's hard to go into too much detail because of NDAs and things like that, but we've allowed salespeople to customise an object, build something that's entirely designed for the consumer, and they can visualise it there and then. They're not looking at photographs or artists' impressions of the object. They're looking at a 3D object from every conceivable angle, and they're saying, yes, that is exactly what I want. Now go and fabricate that for me. Rather than finding that once it's built, oh, it's actually like 10 feet narrower than they were expecting or what have you. They're able to see before it's even manufactured, and it's tailored to their requirement. Yeah, it's a pretty amazing world in AR as well, especially when you can place pieces of furniture in your living room or you can 
decide what colour floor you'd like. There's a lot of possibilities out there that you can actually give the consumer more control. Oh, absolutely. It's now getting to the point where if you would, if I was designing a, a space, if I moved into an empty flat now, I think I would use two or three augmented reality tools to visualise exactly how that flat was going to look. We are going to get to the point where it'll be unusual for people not to use an augmented reality application to allow people to see their product in the same way as 20 years ago, very few people had websites. Now it's very odd to find a company that doesn't let you browse their product catalogue online. And I think in the next few years, that'll become the standard for most products. People will want to see the, a 3D view that they can interact with of a product, regardless of what it is. Where's VR in this? So AR, we can see this. We can see it in marketing. We've seen it in marketing. We can see it in um, visualisation. Where is virtual reality? Where does that come in, do you think? I think in terms of the high street, in terms of uh, that side of retail, um, you can visualise a space. So you could, if you're IKEA, for example, you could take 360 photography or 360 animations and allow people to view the ideal IKEA room. If you buy their entire Malm range, this is what your living room could look like. So same, you, sorry, I'll jump in. Same for shopping malls too, not just department stores. A shopping mall, you could actually find your shop using virtual reality, 360 yes, video. Yes, I was going yeah. to come into that. We're looking sorry. right now at a lot of mapping technology. So we're bringing GPS and augmented reality together. And uh, this is something we were discussing before, the idea of visibility. So being able to see the high street, pull your phone out and see a map of your high street and where the current shops are that you're interested in. You set your focus and you say, I'm looking for some new shoes. So you can actually see all the shoe shops on the map in front of you. But then you could also say, well, that's half a mile away, perhaps. If you could tap on that icon on the map and see a live 360 feed of that store, exactly what's happening in there right now and actually look around it as if you're in virtual reality and you could see that there's interesting products on you could see if there's a sale happening you could see how busy it is before you walk you know, from one end of the town to the other you can see okay well it's quite busy right now I might check in later or you might see it's actually there's 50% off everything so you can make a beeline for it that idea of being able to navigate to the shop you want virtually before you go there mm. um I don't think anyone's done that yet. I think it'd be quite fascinating. But you wouldn't use a headset for that? No, no. You'd just use your phone as a, uh, a visualisation tool. So you'd look yeah. at the screen of your phone and tilt around or maybe even tap and drag on the screen in the same way you would with the YouTube 360 video. Yeah. So it is going to be very PAM-held interactive devices, whether you scan markers to get sale items yes, it's for that shopping experience. Smartphone. Until we get the... Uh, very cheap, affordable, augmented reality glasses that we'll all be wearing in five years' time, I'm sure. Um, like that is where it's going. The idea of content into context in a way that you don't even have to think about. If you can look at a shop and see at a glance um, that they do have a uh, an offer, or perhaps they've got an offer just for you because you're a loyal customer, it'll show you just today because you've got a, a loyalty card that can give you extra 20% off. Those kind of things, live data being fed into the real world directly, I think is quite exciting. That's not there yet, though. I mean, it is there. We can do it. It's just people aren't utilising the technology yet. What's stopping people? Because we know we can do it. 
Yes, yeah. I think it's always, a, it comes down to the economy of scale. I think if you have um, a shop on every single high street and you've got relatively high value items, you've got a strong argument for doing this. Because anything that will engage your consumer um, more deeply will result in better sales and less returns and things like that. I think if you're selling something that's uh, low ticket price, for example, Poundland, they don't really need to worry about informing their consumers too much about any given item because it's a pound. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine many people do keep the receipts in case they have to take something back to Poundland. Well, in um, North America and Australia, their Poundland, which would be dollar stars, they're not always a dollar. They they do vary in price, which which hurts me so work? much. It drives how, me. Cr- that's terrible. It, yeah, it upset me when I'm like, how, <laughs> why is this not a dollar when I'm in a dollar store? But Poundland, everything is a pound, so that is yes. easy for the consumer in the UK. But obviously abroad, they work on a different different metric. So if you think about the opposite end of the scale, if you are Bang Olufsen, for example, and your items are highly desirable, reasonably high ticket price. Good value, I would say. I'm not angling for free Bang Olufsen stuff at all. <laughs> um, you've got a really strong, compelling reason to give your consumer more information in a better context, in a really engaging way. And I believe they are doing something. I think they have got plans for, for this kind of technology. And then you've got an informed consumer who doesn't feel like they've been you know, misinformed in any way because you're being very transparent about what your product is, what it does, and you're giving them a very engaging medium to see that in. And I think there's most cities have two or three shops that have um, those products in, so you can you can see where there's the scale, the opportunity, um, and the delivery method exist for that. Yeah, at the moment, I suppose what we're speaking about is consumers going to a store and physically buying it something there's a very strong online presence where people just order online. How, how impactful is AR and VR to the online presence? Because at the moment, we can use our phone and we can get rewards, we can have experiences, like Seasons is a great experience that is in shopping malls in the UK, or will be. And as it is, as we're walking around the store, you can experience things, whether it's discounts and sales, and there's there's heaps of interactivity in person. But where's the online experience going to go? That's interesting. Uh, I do tend to look at the bricks and mortar solution first because that's a problem that's been framed to me. How do we keep bricks and mortar relevant in an online world? And introducing new technology is one way to, to help that. When you go to online, I think most people are now buying from their phones rather than their computers even. So you do have a smart device in your hands that you're doing the purchasing with that could help you visualize that. So the big problem with online is you're not physically there, you're not holding the object. If you could say, if you're buying a big flat screen TV and you want to see exactly what the scale is, if you've got a current generation smartphone, you could, you'd be able to just select that and looking through your phone, see that TV at the exact real-world scale in your house. You could look at your current TV unit and you can make a decision, yes, that's going to fit, or no, I actually need to buy a bigger house to have that size TV in there. Um, And that closes that gap between the virtual and the physical. It allows you to see these things in real time, in 3D, 
Uh, whereas in the past, I've done that terrible thing of going into a shop, going to Curry's, seeing the TV I want and being able to see, I like the colour pitch, I like everything about it, it's the right size, I'm not going to go and buy it online where it's cheaper. Mm, yeah. Which, if you're doing, if you start using new technology for your online buyers, you avoid that step. So you potentially get a sale you might not have got. Yeah, it's actually fascinating. The majority of AR that we're speaking about is visualization because people want to see it. They want to see things in their living room and they want to be able to interact with it. Absolutely. I think the other side of that as well, this is taking an object and putting it into your space. But I've seen some very good apps where they sell custom items. So they don't sell a one-off cookie-cutter solution. They sell something that you can scale, you can stack. So there's a great shelving app, which lets you just say, right, I want one meter wide, I want two meters tall, and I want the shelves spacing in a a regular way. You can do that inside this app. So you're not just seeing that it fits your space, you're actually designing it in augmented reality and then telling the company, that's what I want. These are my exact measurements. I know because I've measured it myself, specifically fit an area in my living room, and they'll build it and ship it to you. So as well as visualizing, you could actually be designing your own custom product and then having it shipped to you. Yeah, that's actually quite fascinating because we've seen something similar with conservatories too. So because we've got bigger scales, we can actually visualize anything. If you wanted to put something like a flat at the bottom of your garden, you could potentially do that if you wanted to put a small building there. Yes, absolutely. Shipping container, whatever whatever it might be. Or even for gardening, you could go and plant a tree virtually in your garden yes, and see yeah. how deep the roots are going to go and, and it could give you all that information. Yes, I suppose if, you, if you're a garden centre, mm. one of the big garden centres, and you're selling these, I think these very designer sheds that are £25,000 ago, if you can get your customers to visualise that in their garden and see just how much space they'll have left over, that's an informed sale. Yeah. Those kind of things, especially high-ticket price items, you definitely don't want them coming back. You want that person to be happy to buy it and happy to not come back to you with any problems or wanting a refund. So I think that's a great one, especially something that large. Yeah. You know, something that's actually essentially a physical, almost a building that you're putting into your garden. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think the way the world is going, it is definitely visualisation and it's there. It's just how quickly the retail market jump on board. How much, is the, how much are apps at the moment for retail businesses? I think this is the sticking point at the moment is that to show a small piece of content, let's say one product, you have to build the infrastructure if you want your brand on your app and then your content, there's all of that they have to have built. Um, I think the the future will be a more generic solution that's um, an augmented reality browser, if you like. So same as you don't expect to have the IKEA web browser to look at the IKEA website. It seems a little bit old-fashioned, and it certainly will be old-fashioned to have a, a specific app to view IKEA's products. You, at some point, there will be, whether it's Apple or Google, just a generic AR browser that's such high quality that people don't even think about building a standalone app anymore. And it'll be all about the content rather than the delivery method. So with the 
Everything's augmented reality. That's what we're speaking about. Is It's going in an augmented reality direction. That's where we're seeing the most traffic coming into our business, except for things that are bigger, which is virtual reality. That seems to be the yes. the, the presence um, of what we're seeing. What I find interesting is that virtual reality is still the novelty. It's the side project like augmented reality is taking on because everybody's got a phone. Everyone can visualize what they want in their living room. That's coming. That's that's yes. happening now. But virtual reality is their add-on to most sales that's that's in a smaller retail sector. But the bigger ones, such as if you're going to buy a house that hasn't been built yet, virtual that's reality is one hundred percent the way to go. Yes. I'll say the difference is augmented reality is really good at objects. So you can put an object in a real space or you can be playing a game on your coffee table. Whereas I think virtual reality is more about experiences. So if you're Nike, for example, you could show somebody the shoes in augmented reality, but is it really about the shoe? You probably want to put them into some virtual reality because you can show them a lifestyle piece. You can show them interactive animation that they're properly immersed in and you can do a full 360 interactive advert for the whole ethos and philosophy and lifestyle of Nike rather than just looking at a trainer and you know, maybe exploding the trainer and seeing what its features are. I think for that kind of product, you would want VR. You'd want somebody to be experiencing you know, those sort of, like a deeper engagement. I have to say, if you put me in VR and show me the lifestyle of Nike shoes or something similar... I would be bought because you're completely immersed in that environment and as long as you're feeling something, yes. you're going to buy into it. Whereas perhaps looking at the trainer, you might be convinced that it's the right size for you <laughs> if you're looking at it. If I was looking at a size 11, I could go, okay, I can actually put that next to my real foot and see it's the right size. It doesn't make me choose Nike over Adidas, mm. whereas that lifestyle piece, that engaging, interactive content probably would be more compelling yeah i completely see that what we are seeing a little bit too is immersive tech such as mixed reality so we haven't really spoken about mixed reality in that that sense but i know that game did a an experience where they made their whole shop front interactive so anybody that went into their store or stood outside their store the robot would interact with them Right. It was complete glass frame. Yes. Yeah. So that is, I think when you can take away the device, I think if, uh, if it's the same thing that we were looking at, it's, it's a screen that's there that responds to your presence. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you're not having to point your device at anything. You're just looking at yeah. uh, a transparent display and it's almost looking back at you mm. using depth sensing technology. It's something we've been looking at for a while and we're just waiting for the right brand to jump on the right concept and having something that you have a piece of digital display that's aware of you as a consumer and is either you can interact with it or you know you're actually you become part of the display i think that's that's very yeah, interesting and we've been talking a long time about interactive projection mapping yes we see a lot of projection mapping done well it's astonishing you can believe that the faces of a building are moving around you know reconfiguring themselves 
For people that might not know what interactive projection mapping is, do you want to just give us a really quick overview of what it actually is? Yes, uh, traditional projection mapping is essentially when people use a projector to cast an animation onto a surface, uh, usually a large building, and the video has been designed in such a way that it will work with the structure that it's projected onto. So there's some very interesting effects. Typically it is just a video, it starts and it finishes. There's a beginning, a middle and an end. What we've been looking at is real-time projection mapping that is interactive. So you could be playing a game by standing in front of a sensor, you could be controlling what's happening in this advanced projection. So perhaps you're actually casting a shadow onto this projection. Um, maybe it's scanning your face and putting that into there. Perhaps it's measuring how many people are in that space and taking all of their movements and translating that into some advanced uh, organic animation as part of that projection. That would be great for theatre. Theatrical performances, I can see jumping on that. There's conversations we've been having with a few people. There's a, a company called Tribe Arts in Leeds who are very interested in performance and technology and we're still waiting for the right opportunities to work together mm. because I think the lines between what is art and what is design are blurring all the time and that's exactly where we'd like to sit, where people, people can't even begin to analyse. Uh, if you're seeing the technology rather than the performance, then it's failed. We want to do something where you see and experience something and then only afterwards you're thinking, how is that done? Because throughout you're so engaged in what you're seeing that you're not being pulled out of it by wondering about any kind of visible technology that's happening. Yeah. I've seen quite a few viral videos of the art that comes alive. Have you seen those that have been distributed on social media platforms where there is a piece of art and a character from that art, so I think it was Cupid, the one that I saw, came out of the art piece, ran along the picture frame and jumped into another picture and then interacted with that picture and then jumped out of that picture and ended up in another picture. So he interacted with all the, the pictures. That's very interesting. I've seen a couple of pieces where they've taken Van Gogh paintings and recreated them in 360. Yes. So you're looking at it and then the perspective shifts mm. and it's a perspective you've never seen before of, of that painting, which I think is amazing. And obviously that is absolutely where art and technology meet. Somebody's had to go in there and recreate and estimate where those brush strokes would have gone um, and build that into 360. I think it's very, it's very compelling. Yeah, I thought it was a really nice quote mm. from you, by the way, when you were saying that the art and technology, the lines are blurring. Yes, yeah. And I think that's something we've learned from years of trying to educate people about this and, and espousing the, the advantages of the technology. If you talk about technology first, I think people just switch off. They don't engage. If you tell them what they're going to experience and then introduce the technology once they're already, they have that emotional connection to the idea, it's far easier. Mm. And we've had this discussion that Netflix doesn't describe to you what their technology does. It yeah. just tells you you're going to see a drama or a comedy and it shows you a clip. It doesn't go into the, you know, this is how we're going to format our video. But we made that mistake. Going back to 2012, we were describing to people how the technology works, what the hardware is, and we thought that that was compelling because to us as massive nerds, it is compelling. <laughs> but to marketing people, to the general public, it leaves them cold. They don't want to hear 
We will overlay virtual content onto the real world in such a way as it seems to share the same physical space. They want to hear, we're going to let you see fairies. Yes. We are going to allow you to see magic. And that is far more, I mean, it's shorter for a start. <laughs> and in a way, it describes the emotional reaction that you're going to, that you hopefully will, will create in your user rather than um, making them feel like they're sitting down to watch something from the open university. <laughs> and it's, a, it's a far easier sell. It is. So that's all we've got time for right now. But if you've got a problem, tell us and we will try and solve it with immersive tech because this is the way forward, guys. If you're not on board now, then you're going to be behind the eight ball. We are really, really wanting to help, even if you've just got a question. So please get in contact and you can contact us on LinkedIn. You can contact us on Twitter Facebook, and you can also go to the newmoonstudios.co.uk website. Yeah, please do get in touch. Consider us your digital A-team. Happy to workshop any problems that you have that you think we can address with emerging tech. That's bye from me. And bye from me. Have a great one. Bye.